Happy New Year. Did you know that this new year, this year, is going to be a year of clear vision? 2020. 2020 vision? Hello? Hello? Anyway. Yes, so I'm excited to be here. I know that um, when Micah asked if I wanted to share, I felt like God put something on my heart nearly straight away, um, which was awesome. And uh, it was very sort of structured and very straightforward and um, exciting as well. I felt like he wanted to talk about hope and faith. And as a new year comes forward, wouldn't we want to have hope and faith for the new year? And what God will do. Um, so as I started to think about what I could talk about and pray about, and, um, I felt like he was also saying talk about God internationally and talk about it locally. And uh, so that was exciting too because it's sort of a, a bigger picture and a, a personal sort of closer picture. Um, and so I, I really... Um, was hoping that he would allow me to just show the gold medal hockey game that's on right now as I'm up here. Because, you know, it's, it's international, it's personal, I have faith that they'll win Canada against Russia, but alas, he said no. So, any updates, I'd appreciate you just keep it to yourself and I might watch it later. Anyway, side note. Um... Usually when I'm sharing, there's a, some emotion that comes into the preparation. I know that God's wanting to move in, it, um, in me personally as I'm sharing. So I know that it's not just for others. Like it's, it's a personal uh, journey that as I get up, I share. I feel like God's doing something in me as well as Robin had even shared earlier. The same thing. And I couldn't figure it out this time until I got into worship and I picked my daughter Lauren up and she's five years old and I'm holding her in worship <clears throat> which is awesome like what a blessing that is to be holding your daughter in worship and uh, it reminded me when Cameron <laughs> who's going to be turning 17 tomorrow She was that age. And I'd hold her. And I remember thinking at some point, I won't be able to hold her in worship. And I know I can't. Plus, I've got a hernia, so I better not. I don't need real prayer. But it just made me so grateful to be standing in this church. And I knew that God was then moving in this message that he had because it became personal. I'm at a church that I love, the people I love. You guys are precious. You guys are wonderful. Um, and as I'm talking about faith and hope, um, I know that people have made steps of faith and hope, uh, decisions with hope that have affected mine and Robin's life. <clears throat> Uncle Dwayne, Auntie Leah, um, making decisions of faith that help lead us to decisions of faith. Um, Robin and I both committed our lives to Jesus 
with Auntie Leah, who's faithfully serving, and Uncle Dwayne, and uh, we're so grateful for that. Um, Dustin, if you hadn't have said yes to go to Australia and to stay in YWAM, despite challenging circumstances, and then come over and share with us, we would never even thought of doing YWAM and getting into that. So, yeah, so grateful. I remember um, actually seeing my grandpa in church. And, uh, you know, he's not with us anymore. He's with Jesus, but he would fall asleep sometimes <laughs> listening to the message. But he had faithfully come, listened to and, and praised Jesus. And so this is a really special place for us. I remember Mr. Mike Byron. I remember him showing up at my door one day when I wasn't going to church for a while. I was depressed. And he knocked on the door that morning and asked me how I was doing. It made a big impact. I know Randy and Michelle. I know, you know Nancy and Ross. Everybody in this church, guys. Um, these little decisions that you make of faith along the way whether or not you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it out of obedience to God. And I think having that, um, I guess just knowing that it, it might make a difference, whether you know it or not, is so important that you just continue to obey and continue to say yes to God. No matter hard, how hard it is, it's impacted our lives in a great way, in an amazing way. So, now it's personal. <laughs> And now I hope that what I share can, can actually really um, yeah, impact you, uh, maybe bring some faith, um, increase faith, bring some hope. Um, that would be good because otherwise I'm just talking up here and uh, <laughs> I don't want that. So I hope as we go forward that you guys will maybe be asking questions of yourself. Where's my faith at? Um, how am I doing? God, what are you saying? Um, it's not just through my words, but I feel like Holy Spirit is going to be, be touching and speaking to each one of you. Um, I might ask a couple questions here and there. You know, if anybody wants to share a little testimony here and there, would be great. Um, but yeah, I'll try to stop saying um, but I think it's going to keep coming a lot. I just don't know how to segue sometimes. Um, yes, there it is again. Eh? So last three weeks or so, I've known that I'm going to share. Uh, I've been asking God, what do you, how do you want me to share? What do you want me to share? And uh, he's been showing himself in different ways as I've just gone about my daily life. Um, through talking to people, um, kind of unexpected, you know, sometimes people that aren't Christian, I, I've felt like God has highlighted a conversation with them or something that they've spoken about that have actually helped bring me um, faith and hope. Uh, there was a guy I actually just recently got a tattoo, and this guy that was tattooing me was talking about different things, and I was sort of uh, concerned about the youth of today, etc., and kind of like, where are they going, you know, this isn't looking good kind of thing, and he just, he brought correction into that, actually, in, a, in an interesting way. It, he has hope in that area, and I know he's not a Christian, and I, and I get that, but it, it just realigned me a little bit. Like, why, why am I feeling like that? Why do I feel like maybe there's no hope or there's less hope than there should be? So it just, it just slightly corrected 
um, an area, and I was just willing to examine that. And I think sometimes if we're lacking hope or faith in an area, that if we actually are willing to examine, uh, maybe look at it from a different perspective, ask questions, be teachable, it can adjust things for us. Um, you know, I was driving with my sister yesterday back from the ferry, and there was this house that I hadn't noticed before. And it was on a road that I've driven a thousand times. And uh, it was kind of interesting because she said, well, sometimes we just, we, as we're driving by things or as we don't see something and then we notice it, that somehow our perspective has changed. And um, we saw it from a different angle. Uh, we're looking in a different way. Um, and I started thinking about that going, okay, that's interesting. What are you saying here, God? And I felt like he was just saying sometimes even in a different season, so like in wintertime where, you know, maybe not much is growing and there's a different view of what we have seen in the summertime or the springtime where you can actually see through a different area. And so I'd just encourage you guys that as you go into different seasons, maybe this new year is a new season for you, that you would actually be willing to look in different areas that maybe need a change of perspective. Um, So that brings me to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm just going to read that real quick, and we'll get into Hebrews 11 a little bit. I know that we've gone a little late. Um, so Hebrews 11.1 1 says, uh, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So if, if I knew that a house was behind a set of bushes that I couldn't see the house anymore, but I know the house is there, well, that's faith that the house is there. That's also reality. Um, but as we, sorry, just getting lost with all my paperwork. As we look at faith, the noun of faith, um, and then having faith makes it a, uh, a verb. It says it's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Uh, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion. It's based on spiritual apprehension rather than truth. Some synonyms would be confidence, credence, stock, or trust. Um, and some related words would be acceptance, assurance, certainty, conviction, positiveness, dependence, reliance, and it's also hope. That's a, a related word. Um, so as we look at hope, which is so closely tied in with faith, we see that it's a noun. It's a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust. And with hope being a verb, it's we want something to happen or something to be the case. Uh, so as we look at faith, we've got an example in the Bible would be the woman who reached out to touch Jesus' cloak. She was desperate, she was in need, and she took a step of faith, knowing that Jesus is power, he's powerful, and that just a touch of Jesus could actually heal her. That's a step of faith. Uh, the centurion man, uh, his servant was sick, and Jesus was going to go to the house to heal the man, and he said, you don't need to go, Jesus. All you need to do is say the words and he will be healed. You know, 
Jesus goes, well, I haven't seen faith like this um, before, or along those lines. So steps of faith, knowing that something can happen, and there's something more powerful that can happen. I guess the question for you guys would be, something happened here? All right. Um, how is your faith? Where do you need to trust Jesus more? Where is an area that you're struggling in or that you want to see breakthrough in? Um, there's a, a whole new year ahead. Not that we need to make decisions based on the time of year, but what a great opportunity to examine that. Uh, I feel like God wants to bring breakthrough this morning in your life. Uh, maybe it's an area where you feel like maybe you've given up on an area. Maybe there's a spot in your life where you just thought, you know what, that that's not going to happen. I'm going to give up on that. I'm and it's it's gone for and it's been gone for a while. I feel like God wants to highlight some things this morning with that. Um, I feel like God is saying faith without hope is possible. But hope without faith is not. So you can have faith, but no hope. And I guess that kind of brings us into uh, faith without works is dead. And I guess hope would be an action. You, you have faith, you have hope, and you live out that action with your faith and your works, and you'll see God come through. Um, time we got. Micah, how long could we go this morning? <laughs> All right. And just so you know, there is prayer teams up here in case I say something that you guys, you know, people can pray for you. It's okay. Um, jokes. I felt like God wanted me to talk about a bit of a global picture this morning as well that might bring a bit of faith or hope um, in a specific way of technology. Um, in the 1500s, I don't know how many people have heard of a man named Martin Luther. And there was some technology there that he worked with. Does anybody know what that was called? Very important in our, in our, pardon me? The printing press, the Gutenberg printing press. That was technology back then. That was very, very important. Um, Martin Luther was an obscure friar or monk. Uh, he was from a small German town. And what he did, he disagreed with some of how the church was, um, the church and the religious leaders were uh, treating the Bible and God's word. Uh, he made a stand that the scripture should be for all and not just leaders or the wealthy or uh, ones that could afford it kind of thing. And he used that that printing press to be able to get the Bible into the German language eventually and into the hands of common man starting the Reformation. Incredible. Like that, I don't know how many Bibles went out from that, but within 50 years, I believe that it was making its way across Europe. Um, so, you know, 520 years later, 2020, technology. We're at a crazy pace of technology right now where things are, you know, I just helped dad buy a TV that might be 
obscure in two years because things are just flying along. You know, one that he bought two years ago, I think is behind the times where it's like, oh, I wish it had this, this, and that. Um, but God is using technology to bring his word all over the world, which is very exciting to be a part of. Um, yes. Wycliffe, uh, they work with getting the Bible out into the world. Um, they have a way now of something called a POD system where they work with people and Christians in persecuted countries uh, who might be arrest, arrested or in danger or thrown in jail or harmed. Um, the church is hiding underground in these nations, and they've created these high-speed digital printing systems. So I guess it's a fancy way of saying a printer, but they hide it in the church or underground church, and people will come in, with their USB stick or whatever and print off the paperwork or the, the Word of God. And so it's an essential way of getting the Word of God into places where it can't be or whether it shouldn't be according to laws. Um, that's exciting. There's currently a Jesus film that's coming out in sign language. So the actors aren't speaking, but they're signing the whole thing. And that's going to reach 70 million people with the gospel and those are people that maybe can't read um, words that might be um, on the screen we've got this movement right now that's called uh, I don't know what it's called actually it's it's about ending Bible poverty I know YWAM's involved with it I know Wycliffe's involved with it and there's a push this year they're calling it the year of the Bible 2020 you can go online um, and it's just about getting the Bible into as many languages as possible. There's 7,000 languages in the world. 5,300 currently have the Bible in their native language. There's 1,700 to go. And what's happened with technology and with people committing and groups getting together right now is that the speed that the Bible is going to reach the entire world, 7,000 languages, was supposed to be 2033. It's looking like some estimates are saying 2025. Isn't that incredible? The Bible in every heart language. And there's so many ways that it's happening. Um, but there's, there's cultures that actually can't read. So how are they going to get the Bible? Well, there's oral translation. There's storytelling. There's all these things happening right now. And so I just wanted to encourage you that God is on the move globally to get his word out there. Scripture was an important part, absolutely essential, of me being saved. I know that um, Robin was saved before me, and I had a bit of a journey getting there. Might be a bit stubborn or stupid or whatever it is, but there was um, a time when Robin was a Christian and I was not. I didn't know at the time, but she would lay hands on me and pray for me when I was passed out in bed. And having drank too much, there was uh, a prayer group that she would be a part of, close friends, family that would you know, continue to lift me up in prayer even though I was a jerk, and even though I wasn't, um, yeah, even coming close to Jesus, it seemed like. Um, 
I wouldn't come to church. I was mad at Robin that she would bring my daughter to church. You know, all these things. There was a spiritual battleground in my house, and it wasn't even spoken about. Uh, one day, after uh, a, a baseball game, you know, Randy and Michelle were so gracious to have me on their baseball team, the church team, slow pitch. I was invited to play on that team, even though I was not a Christian. And, um, you know, there's grace given, but that one day where I went down, and it was Father's Day, and um, I was in trouble with Robin. I, she, I hadn't been drinking for five weeks, you know, five months, and uh, things were churn- turning around, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to reward myself on Sunday morning and go get a six-pack of beer. And she came home, and she was heartbroken, um, didn't speak to me hardly at all. I carried on with my day, thinking that she'll get over it. She did not, um, and rightfully so. I broke her heart, and uh, we get home from baseball, and she's writing scriptures from the Bible, and I finally approached her and and said, hey, what what are you writing there? And she said, oh, I just felt like God was asking me to write these words down, these scriptures down. And so I said, oh, can I read it? Do you mind if I read it? First time I've ever really even approached her faith and showed interest or whatever, but I just wanted to break the the ice because it was cold. And (laughs) I had an ice cold heart, I think is what it was, because this scripture shattered my heart, absolutely shattered it. I fell to my knees. I didn't even know what I had read. Like I knew it was scripture, but I was like, how can this speak to me like this? How can it, and it, it pierced my heart. A man should leave his father and mother and the two will become one. Uh, it's in, found in Genesis. I should know it better, but I don't. But it shattered me. And that was the night that I gave my life to Jesus. I think Robin or I desperately called Dwayne and Leah and said Aaron wants to uh, give his life to the Lord. Um, but scripture is powerful. It's powerful. Man, did it ever rock me. I had no idea. And as I prayed the sinner's prayer, I knew that there's questions to life that were answered in a moment of giving my life to Jesus. There was this, uh, I don't know if it's a voice or noise or whatever it was in my head that was always there. I didn't realize it until I heard peace from Jesus when I prayed the prayer. There was just this peace, like, unbelievable how peaceful it was. That's why I'm standing here, because of different steps of faith along the way. And uh, just writing scripture. How crazy is that? Isn't God amazing? Uh, I'm so, yeah, just grateful, I guess is a good word. And I hope this morning that as we uh, journey together, I think, you know, God wants to, to highlight some things that you can be grateful for. Or maybe what Micah was saying just about bitterness and, and we've sort of moved into unforgiveness and stuff. That as we've gotten right and taken communion that there's now maybe some hope, some light that we can see, maybe some areas that we can, um, yeah, just see breakthrough in, guys. But let's read some scripture. I'd love to see uh, Hebrews 11 come up. And you're going to hear my voice for a while. I'm going to read all of Hebrews 11. And I just feel like God's got something there for us. And it's going to go into Hebrews 12, but I'm going to start with Hebrews 11. And I think it's a different, uh, 
translation, but that'll be okay. I'm just going to take a drink of water first. All right. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. And when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and as... He, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could not eat, that God could even raise the dead. And so in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated, along with people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a, of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. 
By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea and as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The, world's, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet not one of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us they would be made perfect. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. I don't know how many times it said it. I probably should have counted. It would have been a nice number, though. By faith, what are you guys up to? What are you guys up to by faith? Where do you fit in to his story? History. Where do you guys fit in? You guys are in here. All of us are in here. So where do we fit in there? What are we doing by faith? Can we do more? Are there things that we need to drop? Are there things that we need to pick up? Are there areas of disobedience that we haven't listened to God in an area for so long that it seems like it's not for us anymore? Sometimes God doesn't want to move until he sees that thing obeyed. So, I think if possible, and if God's put it on your heart, I would love to hear a testimony or two, if anybody has one, and if God has spoken, that you would love to share, maybe a couple minutes of just something that God has done that you've stepped out in faith. It might seem insignificant, but you recognize that God was moving. I understand if nobody wants to, I can move on, but I just felt like to put this out there. But if there's anybody that would like to share, I thought it would be a great highlight that God is moving locally as well as we step out in faith. Would anybody like to share? Please. Do you mind coming up? Life, it's the most important thing in my life. And I rely on it. And proof of this, it's every, every day, every, every month, every year. But we have this proof when we make decisions. And when we have to make decisions like, okay, I, what should I do? Should I move or stay here? Should I go? And one decision was, uh, I was in Canada for 11 years and living in Vancouver and raising my children. They were out. <laughs> and I said, God, what next? What should I do next? 
And in my heart was like, I miss Poland, I want to go to Poland. But I said, God, I have no money. I have no money to even travel over there. And I, yes, I have my family over there to stay, but, but I need something. And like, I'm not advertising play lottery tickets. Please, don't, don't understand me. But God said to me, take a ticket. And I went, buy a ticket, and I just prayed before, okay, God, if you want to go, me to go, I need money, that will be way. And I bought one ticket, and it was 1,300, just exactly money for my trip to Poland. And I packed my stuff, and I went. <laughs> and now, another stuff, okay, my daughter is crying, come back after 10 years. Okay, God, what should I do? And he said, go back. But I have my place, and, and nobody will buy it, and, and it's just market, not for that. And people are saying, at church, you stay here, you don't go. And I said, God, if I will get somebody in two weeks to buy my apartment, I will go. What happened? Knock the door. I want to buy your place. And I sell my place, and I came here, and I missed my Poland, but God said, okay, now it's your turn here. And what next? I don't know. It's faith, living by faith. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Aaron had uh, I talked to him to, in regards to... Uh, the guy that God put it in my life and my work, and um, a guy that was uh, looking for hope. Um, a lot of chains on him, addictions, alcohol, drug, pornography, which he f truly admitted to that uh, he was he was chained and he was looking for hope. God gave him to me uh, through work and had him working for me. And uh, I shared a bit of my life to do with God and, and the changes that it made. And he had had some direction in that way. So he stepped into it uh, freely because he was hungry. And so he came to church, he came, went to men's group, he shared a bit, he uh, prayed to God uh, in front of people uh, at men's group. Uh, and I don't know if he ever became a Christian, but I totally believe that he must have. Um, he died of a drug overdose about six weeks after I met him. That was tough. But at the same time, uh, God gave me peace because I didn't deny this person. I stepped out in faith and 
shared with him because God wanted him to have hope. And uh, makes me think that sometimes <clears throat> when things are, that are put in front of us that we know we should do, that God has laid on us, if we don't do them, is that the only chance that person has? And by not stepping in faith, is it possible that we've denied them salvation? Yes. I know that dad's always had a heart for the ones that are down on their luck and need a, a second chance or a tenth chance or whatever it is, but I see it God's father heart in my dad, which is pretty cool to see. Giving a place for somebody, giving hope for somebody just by being in obedience. I love that, and I love seeing God on the move, on the island. I've, I've heard different stories from some of you guys about you know, God doing things in your life or, or in your community. Um, so that's been really uplifting. Uh, it's changed my perspective. Um, so that, I guess, um, sometimes when we step out in faith, we're afraid that we might look like a fool that will be disgraced or it'll be difficult. You'll get no thanks. It's unrewarding. But serving God, serving God, and, and knowing that God is, is moving um, through you is such an honor. So can we just go to Hebrews 12, 1 to 3? So after all I read in Hebrews 11... Hebrews 11 kind of goes into Hebrews 12. At, at, it says, therefore. And usually I've heard it said over and over that that's what it's there for. Um, there was a whole bunch of stuff that we heard about. And then it's saying, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's all of you guys. Yeah, I know it's in the Bible that it's these people and these these pillars of faith and strength, but it's also us, that we're, we're the great cloud of witnesses as well in this church. Th let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For this joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's not lose heart. Let's get hope. I hope this morning that um, we're going to have, I hope to have a one more song that maybe we can ask God what areas you want to bring hope. And uh, I think from there, Micah will take it from there. Um, but yeah, if the worship bank up. I would love to hear that last song we played. I forget what it was. Though. I know it was good because it touched my heart. So yeah, just consider as, as we uh, worship and as we uh, yeah, really praise God that he wants to be speaking to you guys. And if there's you know somebody beside you you want to pray with, um, maybe there's an area that you want to ask for prayer with a friend or even after the service, um, please, please do that. Let's, let's go into this new year with hope.